Hello, everyone. Welcome to Just Jana, a podcast where each month I'll speak to a variety of industry leaders to bring you education, trends, and relevant topics in franchising. I'm your host, Jana Bailey, CEO of FranNet. Hello, and welcome to our very first podcast of Just Jana. And I am so thrilled today to have as my very first guest, Rocco Fiorentino. Rocco, I met you over 15 years ago when I first took this job and ventured into my first IFA meeting. So I feel like I know quite a bit about you, but we want to uh, enlighten our guest today. So if you would just share your name, title, background, and a little of your experience in franchising, which I know is broad. Well, thank you, Jenna, and certainly a pleasure to be here with you on the podcast. Uh, you know, you, you just mentioned 15 years ago, and, and I probably remember it as if it were yesterday, and it was at a large IFA meeting, and you had just joined FranNet. So we go back a long way. We've had a lot of fun through the years. We've seen a lot of up, ups and downs in franchising. Uh, I am the vice chairman and CEO at Benetrends Financial, and I've been Benetrends since 2010. Uh, which goes back, but not as quite as far back as our 15 years uh, knowing each other in the industry, but almost as far back. And, uh, you know, today, uh, Benetrans, we are in the, the franchise funding business, and we are certainly uh, in the rollover for business startups business. So we can dove it, dovetail into that a little bit later as we get through the program. But in my career in franchising, which spans more than 30 years, I started out as a franchisor, uh, then I became a large franchisee of Krispy Kreme, and then I got on the supplier side with Benetrend. So been around a long time. Yes, I have a lot of experience. Unfortunately, most of it came way after I needed it. So hopefully I can share some of that now. And that's, that's usually the way it goes with that experience. We learn from it, and then we look back and wish we'd have had it sooner. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about, since you are in the funding role currently, what are some of the options that the potential franchisees that may be listening to this should consider before they commit to one thing or the other? Sure. So, you know, buying a franchise uh, for most of us is the largest uh, amount of money we've ever considered investing uh, or borrowing if we are going to borrow. Now, there's a number of ways to fund your business. And it's always the million dollar question. So if I could relate it uh, on a consumer level, if you're going to buy a house, you wanna make sure you understand how much house you can afford. And that's based on a lot of different factors, your income between you and your spouse or family members, or you alone if it's uh, just uh, uh, you, you as an income producer. But when you buy a franchise, you're really looking at the income that the business will spin off and whether or not that business can afford the debt service that you may be prepared to put on this business. Now, you know, one of the products we have is the 401k rollover. And that's my favorite product, of course, because I always believe all of us want to invest in ourselves. And we're able to do that by taking our retirement funds and investing it in ourselves versus having a, um, uh, a broker invested into Microsoft or Apple for us and hope the stock goes in the right direction. And if it doesn't, we lose money. And if it does, we feel good and lucky. But during that time, we don't really know who the management of that company is. And we don't know uh, how they're doing as a company. In a lot of cases, 
a lot of startups or tech companies lose money the first three, four, five years, but the stock still goes up. Imagine that. And then other companies like GE overperform and exceed uh, you know, their projections and their stock goes down. So there's a lot going on in the stock market, which is why I don't really invest much in the stock market, but I would always invest in myself. So with the rollover, you basically take your retirement funds and invest it into a new uh, retirement plan, which becomes the the franchisee. And uh, that product's been around for 30 years. Uh, Our our founder, Len Fisher, is the architect of that product. He just wrote the book on the rollover, so it'll be out shortly. It's called Make It Rain. But um, that's been uh, really popular. Uh, You've been in the business 08, 09, 010, when when there really wasn't much SBA funding available. So a lot of franchisors relied on the rollover uh, to fund their franchisees. Now, if if you don't have enough in your 401k or your retirement plan, or you don't want to touch it, there's a number of other ways. SBA, the Small Business Administration Loan, is basically a a product provided by the government, which guarantees lenders, banks, uh, that if the loan does go into default, they would take care of the default. However, there's a lot of criteria to meet, as you well know. Anytime you've got a government program, you've got government regulations, right? And you've been in the banking business. So uh, imagine uh, the bank wanting to do a loan, but then on top of that, putting on all the federal requirements. So it's triple the amount of work. So a lot of folks like us, like Benetrans, uh, we help the franchise candidate uh, get an SBA loan. And what do I mean by that? Well, first and foremost, we get the SBA application completed. And once we do that, we decide what lender we would like to send it to. We work with a lot of lenders. And you can imagine that a lot of people think they have a relationship with a bank. Unfortunately, they really just have a checking account. Correct. And uh, that's not a relationship. And you may even have a relationship with the teller, but you certainly don't have a relationship with the bank. (laughs) So when you go to fill out the forms or apply for an SBA loan, it is really a difficult process. And if you've never done it before, you really do need help. So we look at lenders. We have about 100 lenders we work with. All of them have a different appetite. Some of them like food franchises. Some of them like the service franchises. Some of them like healthcare a lot. And all of them have different requirements. So there's the SBA federal guidelines. And then there's the lender guidelines, which usually exceed the, the federal relation, uh, re- regulations. So in that case, we try to pair the borrower with the right lender. And uh, we we match them up based on their assets, their credit score, the amount of money they want to borrow, and the type of business or the use of the funds. That will ensure the best rate of success. And then we probably usually like to send it to three to five banks. And our lenders know that we're going to send them deals that are going to other lenders. And if it's for them, they'll fight for it and want to give us a quick answer. If it's not for them, they'll tell us in short order, we're not interested in this loan. That doesn't make the deal a bad deal. That doesn't make the business or the franchise a bad franchise. It just means that that particular lender doesn't have an appetite for that type of or that category of service or product uh, at the time. So, for example, we may do 100 deals with one lender uh, in the salon business. And on the 101st deal, they'll say, you know, uh, we have enough salon uh, loans in our portfolio. We don't want any more. And then I've got to go to a different lender. So hopefully that allows the candidate 
to go through the process fairly quickly and get the loan and get started and get their, their franchise open. Such good points you're making, because having come from the banking industry, I can remember sitting on the lending floor and, and hearing, well, we're not, we have no appetite for real estate now. And, you know, two weeks ago, it was go get us all the real estate you can. So those things happen. And for the borrower, that can be so frustrating. And they always have to start over. So by working through Benetrends, they're getting that exposure to multiple lenders at one time, which is going to save a lot of heartache for the borrower. A couple of things you said that was that I wanted to expand on. When we talk about the 401k rollover plan, and it is their retirement, it is not always necessary that they use all of their funds. You, you all from time to time do recommend putting together multiple programs to, to best accommodate the potential franchisee. Is that correct? Yeah, and I'll, I'll take you through a few examples that recently happened this week. Uh, we have a, a client that has a half million dollars in his retirement plan. He's worked for 25 years in corporate America. Uh, through COVID, he was um, uh, furloughed, and he's now what we call a corporate refugee. Uh, that means he's probably overqualified for a lot of different uh, types of positions available. And if he was an executive and now there's only a sales position available and it's half the salary that he was making or used to, you know, it's, it's a little degrading trying to go backwards in life when you're in your, your early 50s or mid 50s. So he looked at a franchise opportunity, found a franchise that he really liked, the brand he really liked, the category he liked. Now all he has to do is fund it. And because he has a half million dollars in his, in his retirement plan, he wanted to use half of that $250,000 to purchase the franchise fee and build out the business. Now, we're going to do the rollover for him. And uh, at the end of the day, he'll keep $250,000 in his 401k plan. The other $250,000 will come out in a separate retirement plan that will own that business. The cool thing about that is that there's no uh, loan payment due back to the retirement plan. If you bought $250,000 worth of Microsoft stock, instead of investing it in your own franchise business, you wouldn't expect Microsoft to pay you back. The stock just goes up or down. So you don't expect your business to pay it back. So you're really debt-free. He's in this business debt-free and he can take a salary. You're actually required to take a salary. He must be an employee. So you know, when I talked to him after it was all done, he said, oh my God, Rocco, I didn't realize it was so easy. Now don't forget, the money he took out of his retirement plan came out tax-free. Why? Because when you invest in stock, whether it's Microsoft or Apple or your own franchise, you're investing in stock. So you're, you're not really taking it out as income. So there's, it's tax-deferred and, and penalty-free. So he now has a business that is fully paid for, he has no debt service. And as he grows that business and takes a salary, he gets a salary back, he feels good. He's got his value back as an individual and he's growing the business. Now it's early, it's only the first week, but everyone in the category has grown their businesses and sold them for a lot more than they invested or paid for them in the, in the beginning. So when he does sell that business for 500,000 that he paid 250 for, that 500000 goes back into his retirement plan with no capital gains. So if you bought Microsoft stock at 100 and sold it at 200 that money goes back into your 401k without any taxable income. Works the same way. And, you know, a lot of people don't really realize they've already done a rollover. If you worked at a bank for 10 years and then you switched and went to another bank, 
you typically would take your retirement plan from the old bank and roll it into the new bank. You basically did a rollover. And in some cases, you would buy stock in the new bank or your new employer. Correct. Um, One thing that comes to mind right now, are there any particular challenges in today's environment, anything specific to the pandemic that's impacting the lending environment? Yes. So on the lending side, uh, the lenders have been uh, much more uh, conservative about who they're lending to and the purpose of the loan. So what we do to overcome that is we work with a lot of different franchise brands and we ask the franchisor to help us understand their business financially and help us understand their business as a model in the category. That way we can go to the lender and say, we've got a brand that we'd like you to consider. We're gonna start sending you their candidates. However, we want you to understand how they do real estate, how they do marketing, how they do their support. So in some cases, I'll say to a franchisor, do you have a lender that you work with? And they'll say, no, 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 we leave it up to our franchise candidate. So I say to them, you know, you you should be careful because the candidate you just met two weeks ago because they're interested in your brand. But I don't know that they know your brand enough to sell it to a banker, enough to get a $250,000 or $500,000 loan. Allow us to profile the brand just like the candidate was profiled when they went to the franchisor to be approved. And let us tell the bank about the brand instead of your candidate you just met two weeks ago. That's a huge help. And then if they're on the SBA registry, of course, that's also another big help. So that the lender is comfortable with the use of the funds. You can have a client that wants to borrow money for a brand. They can have an 800 credit score. They can have 100 or 150% collateral. But if they're not comfortable with the use of the brand of the funds, based on the brand they want to invest in, they may not want to do one. Correct. Well, and you know, it's funny, I'm sitting here thinking, Benetrans is the matchmaker to banks, just like FranNet is the matchmaker to the franchisors. So together, no wonder we have such a good working relationship between our companies. We're both doing the matchmaking to help the potential franchisee have the best possible options. Um, What common misconceptions do you run across when it comes to lending? Is there things that people are just really off base about when they start this process? Yeah, the the most obvious one and the biggest misconception is it's going to be fast and it's going to be easy. (laughs) Um, I'm not going to tell you that it's 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 slow and it's hard, but it is a process. And uh, if you have assistance and people who do that all the time, and you know that, same thing with, with what you do. You just mentioned being a matchmaker. Matchmaking is really difficult because you really have to profile both parties in, in an effort to make it successful, right? So you've got to profile the candidate and profile the brand that you think they would really succeed and do well in. We have to do the same thing. We have to take the borrower and understand what they look like financially with their assets and their credit score, how they've managed their lives, their, their, their homes and everything else. If they have equity in their home, if they're in a home they really can't afford, all these things go on. And a lot of times we'll, we'll get the franchisor tell us that their candidate really does want to be in this business. So can you really get the loan done? Because they really, really, really have the passion for it. But passion alone or hope alone is not enough to get a loan. 
So we really need to profile them and then put them with the bank or the lender that has the, you know, the, the right amount of criteria for them so we can get them the loan done. And if we can't, it's a hard uh, conversation to have, but we tell them, don't give up. Let's get some things fixed. Let's get your assets in order and let's try again when you're ready. Fantastic. You know, one of the big misconceptions I often dealt with in, in lending was people thinking they could borrow money without having any personal guarantees or assets involved. And that's just not true. The SBA is going to require a personal guarantee. So that's it was always funny to me how people are reluctant to use the rollover when they're just as at risk personally with an SBA loan. So it's, it's helping them understand those things. The other thing that is important is what, what we call in, in the lending industry post-closing collateral. Uh, collateral. And I know you understand what that means. So uh, for the listeners, uh, the lender wants to make sure that you've got enough money to get through the first three months and ramp up your business and get to break even or get to profitability and still put food on the table and smoke up the chimney. And uh, so we look at that and say, what will it cost you to live for three or six months based on your current lifestyle? And where would that money come from? If it's not gonna come from the business and typically it won't because you're just ramping up, that means we have to have an extra 30, 40, 50, $60,000 in, uh, in capital so that you can run your business and pay your bills. So a lot of times I recommend that uh, they take the initial cash injection required for the SBA loan which is usually 20, 25% of the loan, and take that from their, their retirement funds. Because again, you're working with 40% of the government's money because it hasn't been taxed yet. And leave your money in your checking account because that's already been taxed. And that seems to work a lot. So we do a lot of times an SBA loan with a rollover as the cash injection. And then uh, they really have a great opportunity not to stress the business initially with trying to suck all the cash out to pay their personal bills, pay their marketing expenses, pay their employees who they have to train. They start two, three, four weeks early, so there's no income yet. So it's a great way to really start the business. And I always say, you know, I have three rules of success for franchisees. First of all, follow the system. Second of all, do not quit at the 50 yard line. And third and most importantly, Please don't go in undercapitalized. So if it costs 250 for the franchise fee and the build out, that means you probably need 325 or 300 so that you've got money in the bank day one when you open. Make sense? Always, because being undercapitalized is the number one reason I always point to people as, as the reason people fail. If they go in undercapitalized, they're setting themselves up for failure. So that's fantastic. So a fun question. What do you enjoy most about working in the franchise industry? Oh my God, that's so easy. I love seeing people go into business, become entrepreneurs. Before we meet them, they're entrepreneurs, right? They've always wanted to get out of that cubicle, get out of that office, get away from their boss, do something they really love. And when I talk to folks that are going into the franchise business, I always ask them, so you know, how did you get into this? And sometimes it's, it's by default. They go, well, I lost my job. I had to do something. Sometimes it's by design. They say, you know, I've always wanted to do it. And I finally got up enough guts to do it. And my wife is behind me 100%. And we're going to make this work. But most importantly, we found something we really love. And when you, when you do something you love, you never work a day in your life. So, okay, well, that all sounds great. But how are you going to make this 
a success? How are you going to make it profitable? Have you really gone through the numbers? And so, well, a lot of cases, that's why they use FranNet, so that they pair them up with the right franchise for them and the right model, the right business model, so they can make enough money to live the lifestyle they've been accustomed to with the right investment. Thank you, Rocco. Well, we'll wrap up with one more question here. With all your years of experience, 30 years in the franchise industry, being a franchisor, a franchisee, and a supplier, what advice would you offer to a person that came to you thinking about buying a franchise? What would your advice to that person be? Yeah, so I would typically tell any entrepreneur uh, first of all, I believe franchising is the safest way to go into business because you're you're in business for yourself, of course, but you're not in business by yourself. And some people will say to me, well, you know, I, I have to pay the royalties. So if you look at any model and the royalties you pay, you couldn't buy that executive team, that support staff for anywhere near the amount of money that you pay them in annual royalties for a proven system. A lot of people don't understand what it takes to get to be a proven system. There's a lot of mistakes along the way. You know, entrepreneurs go from one mistake to the next very enthusiastically. So every day when we get up, you know, there's hurdles. We've got to figure out how to jump over them, around them, under them, and get to the next one so that we can take care of that. So I let them know that, you know, you can't just buy a franchise, lay on the beach, eat bonbons, and collect the check in your mailbox. You've got to get in there and make it work. And it all comes down to execution. And that's where the rubber meets the road. And if they're not prepared to do that, they should really think about it. More often than not, they say, I am so ready. I can't wait to get into business myself and be the best I can be. And when I see that smile and that passion, uh, that, that just makes me happy. So we, you know, we put a lot of entrepreneurs in business and you know, I see it every day. So we, we, we love that part of the business, Jenna. That's our favorite. Well, Rocco, I appreciate your insight on these things. And I know there's a lot of people listening right now that are going to really listen and probably replay several times and soak it up because you've shared some wonderful advice. And so, I thank you again. I, I would say this in closing. Um, know that all of us are smarter than one of us. And uh, you can always uh, tap into the, the great minds of these franchisors that have built a proven system. And uh, none of us will live long enough to make all the mistakes ourselves. So we have to learn from those mistakes that have been made by others, which gets you to a proven system. Same thing in financing too, you know, work with experts, whether it's us or anyone else in the, in the lending industry, work with experts, trust your experts, and you'll be in good shape and you'll have the best chance for success. Thank you. And I'll, I'll add on to Rocco's comments about this industry. It is one of the most open, willing to share their time, their expertise, their background. We both just came from a conference and to hear the people on the panel just sharing openly what's worked, what hasn't, and trying to help young franchisors be more successful. That's what the industry is about. And that's why I love it as much as I do, including the people I've gotten to know. So that will be all today for Just Jana. Thank you again, Rocco, for joining us. And I look forward to our next podcast. Well, Thanks, thank Rocco. you so much for having me. And I wish you the best of luck with your podcast. And I am honored to be on it.